Hi, my name is Cheryl Fro. Welcome to Deconstructed Detective, a podcast about solving crime in real time with less than modern devices. Last week on Deconstructed Detective, Marty sent a letter to Brad to inform him that she had found evidence that the drug lord Mary Jane had struck again. For reals, it was just some pink nail polish on the seat of a car. That also had a dead dude in it. Come on, Steino. Also, Marty's estranged father made his way back into her life. Is it really necessary to mention him? Shut up, Marty. Just let her introduce the show. Honestly. Episode 4, Tessa Dupree, Part 1. This week on Deconstructed Detective. Upon receiving Marty's letter that the drug lord Mary Jane had struck again, Brad wrote a letter to Marty. <clears throat> in his words, Dear Marty, I got your letter in the mail, in the mail and, I'm, and I'm, I'm glad you let me know about the drug lord as soon as possible, but you know you could have just emailed me or called me or something, or, or met me at a restaurant over a nice candlelit meal. Uh, uh, but I digress. In your letter, you said that the drug lord Mary Jane's calling card is her signature color of pink nail polish, which she mixes herself. Pretty clever of you to notice that, Marty. You're really smart and pretty... uh, cool. Uh, Anyways, I I noticed that you have really nice handwriting. Looked like you wrote it with a feather pen and ink well. Do you remember that time when I said I couldn't tell if I was repulsed or attracted to you when you shaved your head bald? It was yesterday. Remember? Well... I meant to say that I'm always attracted to you, and will you go on a date with me? Yours Yours truly, truly, Brad. Brad. However well-written that letter was, it never made it to Marty, which Brad was soon to find out. Meanwhile, Steino convinced Marty that a nice run in Central Park would help relieve her stress over all the things that were stressing her out. (sighs) Does this... seriously? Help relieve stress? Steino? Are you kidding me? Don't you feel better already? No, Stango. I feel worse because now I'm out of breath and sweaty and the drug lordess Mary Jane is still on the loose. They slowed down for a drink of water. Is that the only thing stressing you out? Well, no, because Brad still hasn't responded to my letter. Marty, it's only been three days. He probably still hasn't gotten it. Why are you actually worried? Marty recalls what she wrote in her letter. The drug lordess Mary Jane has struck again. It wasn't pink pink paint on the car seat, but her signature pink nail polish that she mixes herself. She uses it as her calling card. She will strike again. Sincerely, Marty. Marty begins to tell Steino why she's actually worried. Do you think he'll read into that, Steino? Read into what, Marty? The letter. There's nothing to read into. I said sincerely he'll know. He'll know what? Just as Marty was about to confess one of her closest kept secrets to Steino, Marty totally runs right into Brad. Ow! Brad! What are you doing here? Uh, hi, hi, Marty. Just uh, out for a run. Brad blushes bright red. Uh, Are you all right, Brad? You're blushing bright red. Uh, Yeah, fine, fine. Uh, Just wondering why you hadn't responded to my letter, Marty. Me responded to your letter? I was wondering why you hadn't responded to mine. I sent a response yesterday. You should have gotten it today. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. People, wait a second. The post doesn't work that fast. (laughs) We don't send letters by post, Steino. We use Pigeon Perfect. Oh my gosh. The city's most reliable and quickest way to send a letter. But Brad, I didn't get the letter. I'm good. What did you say? I said, 
Oh, dude, that stinks. Maybe something happened with my pigeon. I'll investigate. Well, what did you say in your letter? Uh, just that, uh, that, I, that I think you're right about drug lord Mary Jane and, and we'll be launching a full investigation. Well, that's a relief. All three finish their jog. Brad goes back to the sheriff's office to find his letter to Marty returned to sender. I forgot to put the freaking apartment number next to the address again, Tucker. I can't believe this. Dude, this is America and we have modern technology. That is just unacceptable police work. You're letting love blind you, man. You're right, Tucker. The things I do for love. It's okay, Brad. Really. So, what are you going to do with the letter? I'll tell you what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to burn it. He did do that. Meanwhile, Marty's mum was watching the news as Marty and Steino got home from their run. How's my sweetheart doing? Don't call me that, Ma. I was talking to Steino. Everybody and their mom knows I wouldn't be talking to you, Marty. I'm doing great, Mrs. S. Uh, how's everything with you? It's just been so zen here lately. <laughs> I can really feel all my chai's aligning. Uh, do you mean cheese? No, I hate cheese. <laughs> uh, that's that's great, Mrs. S. You should join us, Steino. I mean, you should join me and Marty's estranged father for a yoga class. He's a miracle worker. I don't even want to look at potato chips anymore. Oh, wow. Um, that sounds excellent. I would... Before Steino could answer, Marty grabbed her by the ponytail and pulled her into the bedroom. Ow! Can't you see, Steino? That's how he's going to do it. Do what, Marty? Take over the world! It's one convert at a time. Then the converts convert two people and so on and so on. And then the whole world is basic geometry. Uh, Marty, this isn't like your detective work. You actually have to prove it. You can't just make baseless claims. They aren't baseless. What's not baseless, Marty? Uh, hi there, Marty's estranged father. Why so formal, Sino? You can call me EF. Ah, uh, cool. What are you doing here? The door was open. And you have to knock. You're going to have to used to me being around here, Marty. No, I don't have to. Why don't we just go for ice cream or something sometime? You just want to make me fat so you can get me to do yoga with you, just like you did to Mom. Whoa, Marty, that is not true. Then why are you asking me to get ice cream with you in the middle of winter? So I can make you fat so you can come and do yoga with me. <gasps> Seriously? No, Marty, I'm just making dad jokes. Well, stop it! You're not my real dad! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. No, you're not! No, just for reals. I know that you like ice cream. <gasps> Marty's mum calls from the kitchen. Hey, everyone. Brad is on the news. Steino, Marty, and her estranged father head into the kitchen. My, is he handsome. The drug lord S has struck again. Dang. And then gowing us of all places. I thought that was pronounced Gowanus. The way a word is said might as well reflect what it is describing as accurately as possible. Are you saying Gowanus? Smells like the bug of New York City. Why, yes, yes, I am. That's just because you have an ish with Gowanus. Gowing us, and please don't bring that up. Marty and Steino finished their conversation about Derridian deconstructionism and the way in which we must now forcefully attribute meaning to words and headed uptown to the police station to go over photographs from the scene of the crime. Uh, hi, Tucker. Um, hi, Steino. Steino starts blinking her eyes more vigorously. Why are you blinking your eyes more vigorously? Do you have something stuck in your eyes? I know a trick. Uh, no, Marty. Get off me. So, Brad, it looks like she's struck again. You were right, Marty, per usual. I'm impressed with your detective skills. Well... Are you wearing a wig, or did your hair just grow back that fast? It's a wig. Shut up, Steino. I like to switch it up, Brad. It should be of no concern to you. So what's the deal with this murder? Well, it's a weird one. The body's been stolen. What? what? Uh, how? 
But more importantly, why? We arrived on the scene to investigate after an old man called the station. He was complaining of a foul odor emitting uh, from the garbage cans beneath his apartment window uh, in Gowanus. That's strange. Uh, no it's not, Marty. Garbage stinks, especially in Gowanus. No, no. Did he use that word, Brad? Foul? Uh, yes. Yes, he did. Interesting. Go on. One of our beat cops went over there to check it out, and sure enough, there was a dead body in there. Our beat cop snapped a couple of photos and then called for backup. The stench was so bad, though, he had to step around the corner. Ha <laughs> Oh my gosh, rookie mistake. Am I right, Tucker? Am I right? Um... Yeah, Steino. When the backup arrived, the body was gone, so we brought garbage cans to the station and emptied their contents. You mean I emptied their contents? Details, Tucker, details. (laughs) That must have literally stunk, Tucker. (laughs) Yes, but it was worth it. We found bottles and bottles of this. He held up a tiny bottle of pink nail polish. The top of it was encrusted with rhinestones. We did a search through missing persons, and it turns out one very important perfume maker named Tessa Dupree of Alphabet City is missing. We identified her to photos of the missing dead body. We think the drug lord Mary Jane dumped her in Gowanus to add insult to injury. What else did you find in the garbage can? Just a lot of normal stuff and a bag of pigeon refuse. A bag of pigeon refuse? Yeah, that old man runs a pigeon perfect station. That's why it smelled foul. Ugh, Marty, you've got to be kidding me. I've got to go talk to this old man. He knows more than you two are giving him credit for. We brought him in for questioning three times already, Marty. It's dinner time. Aren't you hungry? Me and you could go out. Uh, I, I mean, uh, all four of us could go out for some food. Brad, I refuse to go out for dinner or food or especially ice cream until Mary Jane is behind bars for all her crimes. Okay, Marty, that's a little extreme. I'm going to talk to that old dude. I'll come with you. No, Brad, this is something I must do alone. Marty grabs a city bike outside the police station and pedals determinedly to Gowanus. She doesn't need to check her map for directions. She just follows the horrible smell all the way from Midtown across the Brooklyn Bridge to Brooklyn and into Gowanus. Man, it smells rotten. You're telling me. Mike, the homeless guy, hastily puts his iPhone 8 Plus back into his pocket and stares up at the black night. Oh, hey there, Mike. What are you doing all the way and gowing us? I just have some business to attend to. I'd like to ask you the same thing. Don't you have an ish with Gowanus after what happened here all these years ago? Mike, you know I don't like to talk about my ish with Gowanus. Sorry, Marty. Real sorry. Don't mean to bring up the ghosts of your past. It's okay, Mike. It's okay. Want to join me in interrogating an old guy? Interrogation? My specialty. Mike and Marty round the corner and head into the Pigeon Perfect station. They find the old man at work hand-feeding some baby pigeons tenderly. The place is a mess of birds cooing and pooing and flitting around. Marty is on edge and Mike looks comfortably at ease, per usual. Hmm, something about pigeons and guanas just makes me... Oh, hey there, Frank. Hi, what can I do you for? I just have a couple of very pointed questions You mean ask. about that lady they found in the trash can? Yes, I do mean about that lady they found in the trash can. Well, go for it. One, have you ever seen this Tessa Dupree before? Yeah, I told the sheriff the same thing when he asked. She used to come in regularly every Thursday to send a letter. Interesting. Is that a typewriter? Yes. And now, what was she wearing when she came in here? She was always in yoga clothes, you know. She'd be coming from a class around the corner. Yoga? Yoga. Frank picked up another hatchling carefully and began to feed it with his little eyedropper. Mike was walking around, stroking pigeons. Yeah, I know the place. 
right down by that Polish palace. I go there sometimes for a nice, you know, hand massage. Coat of that clear polish, protect your nail beds. Mr. Frank, did you ever happen to notice her nails? Why, how could I not? She could never tie her letters to the pigeon's legs. Her nails were so long, I always had to do it for her. Thank you, Mr. Frank. You've been more than helpful. Oh, and any of these pigeons for sale? Please stop touching my pigeons. Maudie said goodbye to Mike and Frank. Bye, Mike. Bye, Frank. Before she biked back home to the Lower East Side to make one of those spiderweb detective things in her room, she was definitely onto something. She called Steino to tell her so. Steino, I'm definitely onto something, but I don't think I'll be able to piece everything together before the next episode. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Next week on Deconstructed Detective, will Marty try to blame her estranged father for the disappearance of Tessa Dupree's body? Will Brad ever admit what he really wrote in that letter? And perhaps most importantly, Will we ever find out what happened to Marty and Gowanus all those years ago? You guys have got to stop mentioning the coast of my past. And for real, are those pigeons for sale? All this and more on Deconstructed Detective. This episode was brought to you by The Gumshoe Show in association with Failure Island. Created and written by Alison O'Donnell. Directed, edited, and produced by Cameron Danger Stripmatter and Alison O'Donnell. Special thanks to Mary Lozyak for creating more jobs for pigeons. Starring Liz Stanford as Marty Stanbaugh, Megan Ristein as Steino, Jonathan Sally as Sheriff Brad, Sadie Ward as Ma, Lawrence Chan as The EF, Campbell Moore as Tucker, special guest appearance by Charles O'Brien as Homeless Guy Mike, and hosted by me, Heather Kate, as Cheryl Froh. Today's listening suggestion... Pair your podcast with the repairs you've been meaning to do on that old 1980s Chevrolet with the rusty chrome finishing. You'll fetch a tidy sum at market if you just stick to your guns and the techniques your uncle showed you. <laughs>